And welcome once again to the second new episode this week of the Horizon Roundtable. Um, I am Bob McDonald. You can find me on Twitter, of course, um, like I ever had a choice, at Bob McDonald. And and joining me um, via phone this week um, from a far-off location somewhere in Wisconsin is uh, my co-host Jimmy Lemke. Hello, everybody. Um, I am in a in a in a holding cell. And uh, I'm just kidding. I'm I'm with a friend in northern Wisconsin. And by northern, I mean northern from Milwaukee and outside of Wausau. So not even yeah. as north as Green Bay, but yeah. <laughs> and, and Jimmy, of course, is uh, is on Twitter at PantherU, and uh, you could you could follow us on the, you could follow the podcast on uh, on Twitter as well at at Horizon RT. Yeah, that's it. Because yeah, because I haven't been saying that enough, and apparently I had a nice brain fart right before. And good time for that because you know right right before our our, our second big interview this week, uh, you know the the first episode we had uh, was uh, Scott Garrett, uh, the new athletic director at uh, at Cleveland State, and coming up yeah. in this episode, and I know you're as excited about this as I am is uh, is Oakland's head coach Greg Campy. So I'm, I'm very to- excited for this. Uh, yes, absolutely. So, uh, and uh, before we get started, I want to thank Neil Rule for helping us set this up. Neil, as always, outstanding, outstanding help for us. So, thanks, Neil. Yes. So, without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into this interview. All right. So, Coach Campy, um, thank you very much for joining us. Um, really excited to have you on the podcast. No, it's my pleasure. I think it's awesome what you guys do. That you know you're that committed to the Horizon League and the the fan bases of touching each other. That I think that's really important in college athletics. So anytime I can help, I will. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate that, Coach. <laughs> What's that, Jimmy? I, I was just saying that we appreciate that. I mean, it's, it's something that we'd we'd like to bring more to the conference. It's kind of like that sense of community, and yeah. uh, you know, this is just one of, one of the things we can do to do that. Yeah. And, and well, that, it's a great, it's a great conference. It's you know it's been around for a long time, and a, a lot of college, big college names have gone through our conference. So it's something to be proud of and be part of. Sure, and you're kind of the yeah. You, and honestly, you're kind of the elder statesman because you're you're kind of the longest tenured of of all the Horizon League coaches here. So uh, that's always so. You've probably seen more than you've probably seen more than most. Well, I. You know, the Horizon League itself, and I think one of the reasons that with the league took a little dip in basketball over the last couple of years is because we replaced a lot of coaches in the league. In fact, every I think I, Oakland's the only school that hasn't replaced their coach in the last five years. So yeah. anytime you do that, you're, you're going to take a dip because a, a new coach is going to come in with his own philosophy and start over and rebuild something. And I think now that we're getting a little more stable that you're starting to see the schools all rise and will rise together. And I think the league will be back to a top 10 or 11 league pretty soon. So coach, yeah, it's, it's, since you've touched on that, kind of what's your, what's your secret? <laughs> I'm sure other coaches around the league would love to know. Oh, kind Bobby, of your secret. Bobby, you're cutting out. Am I? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, go ahead. Okay. All right. So coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. Can you let us in on your secret for you know, the longevity? And again, also too, just you know your kind of consistency, consistency 
um, having Oakland always seemingly at the top, uh, at, at, always at the top half of the uh, of the Horizon League standings. Yeah, and that's you know that's what you try to do. I think you know I'm not a guy who believes that you know you put all your eggs in one basket, you try and have a great year, and and then you know you you look for something better. I've just been somebody that believes you try and win every year, and 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 you try and do things the right way, and they'll all take care of itself. You know we've had a couple decades of really really good basketball at Oakland. Now since we got into the Horizon League, we have the one failure that we haven't been able to win the Horizon League tournament, and that's that's starting to wear on us a little bit. But you know we have been a I think we've a top three finish five of the last six years or something like that. So you know we want to continue that, but we also understand in this day and age, man, the fans all they care about is that NCAA tournament. And, you know, it's amazing how the focus has changed on we've got to win the tournament, we've got to win the tournament from just being consistent and being good. So we understand that, and our day will come. Sure, sure. Now, last, now last year was kind of – now, last year, and I know I was one of them, that – we there's a lot of a, you know, a lot of the fan a lot of the fans outside of the Horizon League. I know um, a couple of your fans, Matt Dudek being one of them, was was like, yeah, this is definitely going to be this definitely going to be a year. We didn't really know what to expect out of Oakland this year, and you guys really had an amazing, really had an amazing year this past season. Um, just be just with the with, with all of the your your players kind of stepping up and and really making a run for that. Uh, Really make a run for that uh, for that for for competing in the regular season. Yeah, it was it was a very rewarding year. It was the biggest rebuild I've ever been a part of, and you know it just happened. We had all those injuries. Um, we had you know the year before when we had that team that I thought could be just an unbelievable team. It, it started with Brechtin breaking his foot in the open air, you know, opening exhibition game, and and ended with Martez Walker going down with four games to go in the season. And, you know, we were playing walk-ons. And, and so when the, a season got lost like that and all those seniors were graduating, you're coming back with nobody that's ever played significant minutes. Mm-hmm. I think there's a big question mark. And, and I would like to sit here and tell you, oh, I knew we would be good. But I didn't either. I, I really wondered what would happen. But again, I think we have a really good base. Our program has been built on a, you know, over a long period of time and we have a good base. And I think that, you know, that we proved our worth last year that, you know, we're not going away anywhere. We got to continue to strive to get better like everyone else does and compete every year. And again, you know, that we, we have not had great success in the Horizon League tournament, but in the Summit League before we came to the Horizon League, we had tremendous success in the Summit League tournament. So I'm sure we'll get back to it. Mm-hmm. So, so one one thing that I would I would say to kind of piggyback on that to uh, ask a follow up question uh, is, you know, you're build, building a program, and there's something that has become far more prevalent in in recent years. Is there, there's just a lot more transfers than there used to be, both of the fifth year transfer and the early variety. I'm not talking about any specific players or anything but how does that like change the challenge of building a team that will you try to win every year right well jimmy i think that's a tremendous question and i actually met with my athletic director recently um and you know i told him that it's changed the you know i had watched this transfer thing happen and it devastated milwaukee a year ago i mean i think milwaukee would have been a top three or four team 
And it, but it had never touched us. We had lost players, but the players that had transferred from Oakland were people that I had brought in and said, I don't think you're going to play here much. And if I was your dad, I would tell you, you need to, you know, we had never yeah. had what happened to you guys happened to us until this year. And now it's mm-hmm. happened to us. And you look into that transfer portal and you see 700, 800 kids and you see that we've created this free agency. And it, it's it's funny because it started, the APR started with, okay, we don't want anybody transferring, so we're going to put this APR in. And you're going to be, if you run kids off and kids leave, you're going to be affected by it. And you, you know, you're going to be punished by not being able to play in the NCAA tournament. And then they turn around and they open it up with this transfer portal. Well, a young man now, a player, doesn't have to come in my office. Both our kids left and got into the transfer portal without coming and seeing me face to face. They had oh. left a message or a phone call. You know, they were in the past, you'd have to come in, you'd talk about it. I would have to release them. And because a couple of years ago there were some high profile cases where I think it was at Wisconsin, a kid wanted to transfer, um, and one from Pittsburgh to North Carolina. And the coaches were fighting it, not allowing them to go. Well, everybody said that's right. not fair or right. So the NCAA went to this portal. So all a kid has to do is throw his name in there, and it's like, okay, who wants me? You know, there's no accountability. There's no anything. And I, I think now we've created something that it's it's going to it's going to hit every program. And you, Jimmy, you understand it because your your team was devastated by it, and we could have been devastated by it because Xavier Hill, Mays, and Brad Brecking both could have done it too, yeah. uh, as far yeah. as grad transfers go. And fortunately for Oakland and Oakland's fan base, they didn't. And uh, do you, so do now, you find yourself, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to ask, do you, do you find yourself kind of recruiting your own guys more, you know, dirt, you know, before you even know and yeah. think of them as possibly somebody who might leave? Right. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to refuse to do that. All the other coaches are saying that, but damn it, you know, you, you're here in our family. Why do I have to keep you in my family? You know. It, it just, that doesn't make sense to me. One of the things I thought I was smart, you know, I thought I was ahead of the game. And as soon as the season was over, uh, I had these three seniors come into my office. And I know that, I mean, it's unbelievable what's going on. Xavier Hill Mays put up 30-some against Xavier. And within the next week, he had three or four schools calling him saying, hey, I hear you're going to be a grad transfer. You know, we want you to come. I mean, it's November. We're still playing. That's it's yeah. it's just gotten completely wow. out of control. Yeah, you know, and and uh, somebody will call. Uh, I have, <laughs> I have some stories that are unbelievable that you know of tampering and things like that. But that's what it is. So yeah. I had the three kids come in and I said, "Look, what's going on? Are you guys staying?" And they go, "What do you mean?" I go, "Well, I know you've all been people have reached out to you about leaving and being a grad transfers, and, and they go, "No, we're going to stay." I go, "Okay." We're going to put a press release out then where so people quit calling you and you're going to each one of you are going to make a statement of why you're staying. And they all came up with, you know, we want to finish the job. We want to win the championship. I mean, we had a heartbreaking loss to end the season. I mean, it's a couple losses I've ever been part of. And so we were living off that loss, the emotion of that loss. And they all did it. We put that press release out. And a month later, one of them comes in and says, I want to be a grad transfer. So people continued to get to these kids, got in their ears. 
Cumberland's, you know, going to leave. He said to me, you know, I want to be a pro. And I go, well, Javen, the first two years you were here, you sat behind two NBA players, Kay Felder and Kendrick Nunn. Mm -hmm. Why can't you be a pro from Oakland? We've had four NBA players in the last decade. Well, I, you know, I want to play at the highest level. Well, we play Michigan State. We play Syracuse next year. But these people get in these kids' ears. And the problem with it is those are the, the people in the ears aren't the one that have to live it. Javen had to look at Brad Brechting and Xavier Hill Mays, his teammates, his family, his guys he's lived with for four years, and tell him he's walking away. You know, I mean, it's, it's just there's nothing in life where, you know, life's a team sport. I hope you would agree with me with that. Absolutely. You know, in Twitter world and all these worlds are going on there saying these kids should do what's best for them. These kids should do what they want to do. These kids aren't this. They're, you know, that's their talent. And in theory, that's right. But what about the other 11, 12 guys on the team? Cumberland leaving our team hurts the team. And and we don't teach that in life, do we? Is it our job to tell a kid you do what's best for you, or is it our job to teach people to do what's best for the team? And and because in life, are you going to just walk away from your family? Are you going to just walk away from your kids? Are you going to, you know what I'm saying? You, you, we're here to teach values that kids are going to take into their life. And so the world telling kids you need to leave and do what's best for you, that's great on Twitter. But that's not real life, and that's what worries me about what's happening. So, so with that new with that new reality, obviously, <laughs> as you mentioned, <laughs> yeah, Jimmy's had to live through this. You know, I'm a Cleveland State fan. We were the poster child for this stuff for years. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For so, sure. <laughs> yes. I mean, it cost Gary Waters his job. Yeah. I mean, just just I mean, the truth of the matter is that was yeah that, that I mean that was I mean. And, and and I think in that case, it just seemed to me at, at, after 2015 happened, it was. I, I don't want to say it's like, you know, he was he kind of looked at the writing on the wall and said, eh, I mean, that's kind of it for me. I mean, I don't know, but not 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 a day goes by that I don't hear the word grad transfer and I start having a conniption fit. <laughs> but yeah. but for the but you know in in these cases, I mean, I, and. I guess the question I have for you is, um, how are you? How are? How? What's the adjustment like for that? I mean, well, you had the one grad transfer, and then you had an actual another regular transfer, is Braden Norris, um, who was your starting your your starting point guard. You know, how do you adjust your roster to kind of compensate for mm-hmm. what you lost? Yeah, and I, I still I have no idea what happened with Braden. I mean, he I was gone. Uh, I he left a message that I called him back. He told me he was leaving. I, you know, I've never talked, got a chance to talk to him face to face. I don't know how you could be a freshman and where really no one else in the world recruited you play 38 minutes a game and want something better. I, I, I'll never be able to understand that one, but you know, it is what it is. Um, how do you adjust? He's the that's one that a question. question. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a heck of a question. You know, this this is this is kind of a morbid uh, simile, but you know, as you guys we talked about before with the show started, we talked about the cancer, uh, and I I am really really big into the trying to beat cancer, trying to find a cure for it. It's it's a life goal mission to be part of that to raise money to do. 
Sure. And, yeah. you know, everybody in the world will say, yeah, cancer is a terrible disease and we got to do something. But until it strikes close to home, until it's your, your best friend or your mother or your father or a family member or somebody that you're really close to it and you live it, you really don't know it or understand it. And I think the same thing's true with this transfer stuff. All these people that are saying, let them do it, it's easy from afar to say that, but once it strikes in your program and you see how it can devastate the other 11 guys on your team, um, then, you know, something's going to be done. And, and I just don't have an answer right now. I'm trying to figure it out. I know that this is the way the world is today. Okay. This is it. We're going to live in college basketball in a free agency transfer type uh, environment. Now I, I have tried to come up with some answers for it. One of my answers, which isn't going to go, and you guys will probably laugh at this like other people have, but if you really step back and think about it. So everybody says coaches can leave. Why shouldn't players be able to leave, right? Mm -hmm. That's that's one of the things that you hear. Well, you know, John Beeline just left Michigan. He didn't ask the players if he could go, you know. So my answer to that is this. Coaches leave but they pay a price to leave they pay a buyout when they leave yeah so i think i think loyola chicago should pay oakland university braden the amount of money that we invested in braden norris Hmm. all right so our scholarship that we gave norris last year as an out-state student was probably worth forty thousand dollars so i think loyola chicago has a chance decision to make if they want our kid they can have him and braden should be eligible right away but Loyola should pay Oakland forty thousand dollars. Just like as a coach, if I leave, I have to pay my buyout to Oakland so that I could go take another job. Um, UCLA tried to get Rick Barnes, right? And Rick mm-hmm. Barnes had a twelve yeah. million dollar buyout. Well, UCLA wasn't willing to pay the twelve million dollars to get Rick Barnes, so Rick didn't go there. Well, if Loyola is not willing to pay the forty thousand dollars to Oakland to because they want Braden Norris. Then Braden can't go. He's got to find some place that will. You know, this is that's how it's my answer to it. Yeah, right. And that's that's my how it's done. The pros, the, the the team that loses the free agent, you know, if they're a restricted free agent, or right. you know, it's a, you know, it's a, so- a soccer that the, the team that picks them up pays a transfer fee. So I mean, I don't think right. that's as outlandish as some people might think. That's actually a pretty good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's it's everybody's laughing at me because they're like, like nobody's going to do that. Well, that's right. Because now you wouldn't just take a transfer. If you got, if you know, maybe if you you would take Zion Williamson if he was going to transfer, you would pay that for him. But it sure. would it would limit where kids could go, and it wouldn't, you know. It, plus, it would. We we invested that money into a young man. We invested into him. Just no different than any other student, you know. There's a thing that goes on. I don't know how it is at your schools, but at Oakland University, not athletes, but just a regular student can get a scholarship, all right, uh, like maybe an academic scholarship. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we have one called a presidential scholarship where if their GPA in high school and their test score are certain so high, they get a two or $4,000 scholarship. But to keep that scholarship, A, they have to live in the dorm, or B, they have to maintain a 3.0 or, or higher. So if they go below a three-point, they lose the scholarship, right? Or if they say, no, I want to live off campus, they lose the scholarship. Well, we give an athletic scholarship, and it's based on athletic talent. 
well, if they get here and they're not any good, we're not, we're not allowed to take their scholarship. But our school can take somebody's scholarship that gets below a 3-0. So their sports has always been different and always will be different. So why these people say, it's no different than anybody else, you should be able to do this or that, I disagree with that because sports have been different in every area that there's ever been. So, um, yeah, <laughs> you interesting, uh, interestingly enough, and this is actually something that's come up recently too. You, you talked a little bit about the APR and how it's not exactly been a deterrent, um, for transfers, but, um, the NCAA is still handing out those, uh, handing out those penalties. I mean, you know, Milwaukee got hit with that a few years back and now most recently it looks like, uh, Looks like Detroit Mercy might have some issues with the APR on their basketball team. So, um, and it, it's, you know, especially in the case of Detroit, which where you have, and, and this new tournament format, I mean, how does that affect the, how, if that actually still kind of, if that APR ban still kind of comes, you know, comes through, how does that kind of affect, uh, how, how do you see it affecting the league in general, specifically as it relates to, um, the regular season and more to the point in the tournament. Well, the, our league is still trying to determine how they're going to run their tournament next year, whether it's going to be 10 teams or eight teams. You know, the meetings have been going on. The coaches have voiced their opinion. The administrators are voicing theirs. And they're trying to come up with what's best for the Horizon League, what's best for moving forward. Mm-hmm. And I I do know that, you know, the, the it could be eight teams or it could be 10. And, and then there would have to be a contingency if it's 10. Okay, what if Detroit can't play this year and it's nine? What will it look like? And I, it, the, the, I think Detroit has a very good chance to win their appeal from what I've heard. And I'm yeah. not, I'm by no way am I an insider on it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm talking just as Joe fan, but from what I've heard, the reason is that, you know, the two kids, uh, Ballantyne and Jackson who left did not enroll in another college. And, and the rule reads like this. If they leave your school and enroll in another institution, four-year institution, it can't be a junior college. Mm-hmm. If they enroll in a four-year institution and they had above a 2.6 at your place, a 2.6 or above, then you won't lose the point. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, so as the year, if you're on a semester, there's two semesters, each kid is valued four points. Is he eligible and is he returning after the winter or the fall semester? So there's two points. And then at the end of the season, is he eligible and is he returning? There's four points. So if he's not returning, which those two kids were not in that, they only got three of the four points. But if, like James Beck for my team this year, Mm -hmm. he's leaving He's a transfer. So he got both points the first semester. Then the second semester, he only got one point because he left, so he's not returning. But because he had above a 2-6 and because he is going to another four-year institution, he will be a three-for-three. They'll take that other point and just get rid of it. Uh So instead of he's three-for-three, where those two kids at Detroit were three-for-fours. They both ended up, what they did is they both didn't want to use, lose a year of eligibility, so they both sat out. Mm-hmm. And they, I, I know that the, the Jackson kid for sure, because we were recruiting him, uh, went 
part-time to a junior college to get the amount of hours that be eligible on a transfer mm-hmm. without a without a sit-out year. He has to graduate from the junior college. Okay. And if he does that, he has three years, and he can and he didn't get charged for the sit-out year. Mm-hmm. So I know he did that, but because he did that, and he's at a four-year institution now, I believe Detroit's going to appeal those two kids, sure. and I think they have a they have a good chance because the the spirit did did they is the rule broken? Yes, but in the spirit of the rule, it's not. So I'm hoping for the league's sake and for Detroit's sake that the NSA looks at them kindly. And allows allows them to play this year. Yeah, that, that yeah, the, the, that whole situation is kind of weird to me. I mean, it's because I, um, and yeah, that, that it, it would it would be especially. I mean, and and I'm sure on Detroit Mercy's end, if this is, it, you know, having this hang, hanging over their heads has to be a killer in terms, you know, in terms of recruiting. It, it just has to be, especially you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really, really yeah, breaks their sure. momentum from you know kind of what they kind of the the surprise year they had last season. Yeah, I, I think you're right, but I think you know if I were them, I'd be telling people, "Oh, we're we're appealing this, and yeah. we're going to win the appeal," and and that, and and I really hope they do. But so going back to the question, you know, APR I think is going to change. I I think. No one knew that opening up this transfer portal would do this. And I'm going to tell you a stat I, I heard, and you, I do not know if this is true or not, so I'm telling you in advance, but I was told by our softball coaches that, you know, they don't, in softball, you don't have, if you transfer, you could play immediately everywhere else, anywhere else that you transfer. Huh. So, yeah. You know, they like. I think basketball, baseball, football, maybe the only three sports where if you transfer, you have to sit out a year. All right. So in 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 softball, you can uh, transfer immediately. So it's never been a problem. The average. This is the numbers I was told. You can look them up to find out if they're true or not. I don't know, but I believe it. Um, the average year in softball, there would be twenty transfers. This year, when the portal came available, there's 300 kids in the portal. Oh wow! Whoa. So even though even though they've always been able to just go anyway, because of the portal, because a kid doesn't have to go in and talk to their coach, the kid doesn't have to get approval, a kid can do what they want and just go into the portal. It, it's ten times fold in, in women's softball, hmm. and. And so this portal has changed everything. And I think the smart people that run everything are going to look at this and they're going to, they're either going to have to change the portal or they're going to have to change the APR because, you know, APR was put in to keep kids from transferring, to keep schools to not run kids off. Mm-hmm. And now, it's open season, so they've got it. Something has to be done with APR, and the, those they know it. You know, it's not like I'm know something nobody else does. They all know it. And got to remember, the NCA is run by the institutions. I mean, the NCA is all the institutions combined, so they're all experiencing it themselves. And I think something good will come out of it. You mentioned earlier how you know your your prime goal is to, you know, teach the kids, you know, how to grow up and become men. And 
I, 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 you've mentioned it a couple of times about this transfer portal. They don't have to come see you. And I, I, I worry about what that teaches, you know, the, the, the kids about what they, you know, they, they don't have to, you know, face their, you know, their mentors, their coaches. Right. Not to make it like a, not to make it a bad thing, but they, you know, that's something about growing up is being able to stand up and, explain why you want to, you know, leave or why you want to do something that may not be popular to somebody else. I feel like maybe the transfer portal could be fine if your you know, players are still required to speak with the coaches, at least to kind of not, not so the coaches get a chance to change their mind as much as the, the kid has, an, has to have the opportunity to, you know, kind of explain why they would like to leave a school. And, um, I'll say this to you, Jimmy. Yeah. I'm in this business at my age. You know, 30 years ago, I wanted to win. I wanted to win. I wanted to be, you know, king of the world. I wanted to coach the greatest players, have the greatest teams, it, like everybody else in the business. But after all the years I've been in it, you know, I, I got all the championship rings I'll ever need. I've got all the winning excitement that I'll ever need. I'm still competitive. I still want to win. But I'm in this business for one reason, and that is to help 18 to 22-year-old kids grow up, become men, and go out into the real world and have success. And I don't care what school you're talking about, only about two, 1 or 2% of these players make significant money playing basketball. So the you know there's 350 schools. There's at least 10 on every roster. So you're talking about 3,500 to 4,000 kids a year that – that we're coaching and trying to teach and let them be successful in life. I've gotten a little bit of criticism lately because I've taken some second-chance kids. And I really never did that early in my career. I've done it late in my career because I've seen that you can really make a difference. You can, you can help a kid get his degree and have a real life. And some of the kids that we work with come from places that they really didn't have much of a chance to do that. And so when we put in rules that take my effectiveness away to be able to do that, because I can't sit face-to-face with a kid and explain to him what he's doing and how that's going to affect his life, how that's going to affect the other 10 kids' life on the team, where it can now just be, hey, I'm I'm gone. Thanks, Coach. We'll see you. Um, Yeah, it worries me, and I I don't like it. Thank you. Um, so before, before, uh, one of the last things I wanted to ask about, we, we touched a little bit about, um, kind of the charity work you've done. Um, I know you've been, you've actually been, uh, talking a little bit about it on Twitter, uh, specifically the, uh, the coaches versus cancer, uh, stuff you've been doing specifically this, this recently with, uh, this, uh, event in Las Vegas. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about kind of that and some of the other thing? Cause I know you've been, like you said, you've been really active on that front and it's been you know it's one of the it's definitely one of the more you know i i would say it's probably one of the things that if if you didn't even know anything about greg campy the basketball player you definitely know about greg campy the guy who's you know always out you know doing something for for these charities well that that is the one that's closest to my heart and and you caught me at a kind of a bad time with it too because um, my my event that I run every other year is this August, and mm-hmm. the gentleman who is a very very close friend of mine is the guy who has 
uh, he, he's been in a seven-year battle with cancer, and he has funded my event. And he passed away last week. Oh, and so it's been yeah, it's been a really, really rough couple of weeks for me. Um, he he very close to all our players and around the program, and he had fought such a great battle and thought we had it won a year ago, and then it, the last six months were really bad. And so, you know, it, it's a lifelong goal for me to, to, to be part of trying to fix this. And, and like I said earlier, when, when it hits you close and you're around someone and you see what it does to that person and how it devastates the family and that, it, it, it's very motivating. And so Lon Kruger runs the one in Las Vegas, and it's, a, it's the biggest one. He, he makes, you know you know, half a million to a million dollars a year on his event. It's And it's, you know, I tweeted out about it because I couldn't go to it this year again because the gentleman had passed away and, sure. you know, I was involved in that. And um, and then mine is in August, and we, we'll make a couple hundred thousand dollars in 24 hours. And what I do is I'll get myself and nine other coaches, and, and we've had the Mount Rushmore of coaches that have come in, and, and I auction them off. And you get... You get to go to a party with those 10 coaches and there's only 40 people at the party and we spend three hours in a room with a walking meal and, and they sit and they, you get to talk with Izzo and Calipari and Steve Alford and Rick Barnes and, uh, Holt, Holtman's done it. Uh, you know, I had, uh, uh, Raftery, the announcer uh, last time. And so it's a pretty cool thing. And then we play Oakland Hills the next morning and, and uh, you get to play golf, three guys with one of the coaches. And then I take the coaches to the cancer center, and they spend time with all the young kids, you know, that have leukemia and things like that. And so it's it's a very rewarding 24 hours. And we'll we'll turn a check in for a couple hundred thousand dollars to the American Cancer Society. And I do it every couple of years. And, and, you know, I get a lot of credit for doing it, but I don't really do anything. It's the coaches that give up their time to come and the people around me that do all the work and then I get patted on the back. So, uh, <laughs> it, it, it is a good, it is a really, really good 24 hours though. Yeah. It's not, it does. It sounds, it definitely sounds like, it. and you know, obviously, you know, you, 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 you sound like you, you know, you have, you are but one small component of this, but yet obviously, you know, it, it sounds like, you know, it, the, the work is, the work is the important part. It is. And you know, it's, I've been very fortunate that I'm in a position where I have a platform that there are people that listen. And so the things, the messages that come out of this platform, you want them to be good messages. And I think beating cancer and finding a cause for cancer is one of the best messages that we could put out there. You said, you, you said it's coming up. You're going to be doing it again this, this August, right? August 4th and 5th. Uh, Dan Wetzel from Yahoo will write an article and Gary Parrish from CBS uh, we'll probably put the link out on where people can bid on the auction. And, uh, you know, probably in the beginning of July, we'll, we'll really start to focus on that. Okay. All right. I'm sure, I'm sure our fans are going to want to have a shot at that. So I'm glad that we, uh, we talked about it so we get a chance to yeah. hopefully we can get yeah. one of our Horizon League fans in there to, to bid and get a spot in the tournament. Absolutely. Play, yeah, play, some, awesome. play some golf, hang out with some coaches. Pretty great. Sounds like a great event. I know that it looked, it looked well, great the last time I saw the pictures and everything from it. Yeah. I run it at a casino, uh, downtown Motor City Casino. And the first yeah. year we did it, 
we took we I had a private room in the casino afterwards and and Roy Williams got on the dice table and kept the dice for about 45 minutes and everybody there was it was so cool to see these people chest bumping with Roy and you know it, it was so cool to because they're all making money and laughing and yeah. having fun and it, it was awesome yeah, Roy Williams a ace crapshooter who knew well, he, yeah, he 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 made people money that night <laughs> Uh, all right, all right. Well, Coach, um, you know, we, this is. Thank you once again for for joining us. Uh, we, we we really appreciate your time, um, and, and we look forward to you know. Obviously, we look forward to hearing a lot more about the 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 upcoming event in August, and naturally the uh, the we'll see what what uh, how you do up this upcoming season. Well, I think it's going to be a really good year in the Horizon League. I mean, Northern Kentucky, Wright State, UIC. I think our, you know, teams that we are know are going to be really good. I think Detroit's going to be better. I think, uh, you know, uh, Milwaukee, um, from what I understand, has had a really good recruiting year. And you know, I mean, he's a really good coach, and you guys are hitting the right this right direction, especially after, uh, you know, that devastation of losing those three kids. So I think yeah. Milwaukee's going to be a real surprise team. I think Cleveland State's going to take that next step. I think Dennis is a very good coach also. Uh, Appleby's a premier player in the league, and yeah. I think he's going to pull a lot of those young guys along with him. Good, and I hope I so. Don't I've think, been waiting for that for a while. <laughs> I, I really do. I mean, I, I, I just I, – he's really good, Appleby. I mean, it's, yeah. he's a hard guard. And, you know, in, in basketball, if you have one guy like that and can rally people – you know, you can you can get it going and have a good year. I just, you know, the last couple of years in the league, there's been a couple of teams that you knew, you know, weren't going to be able to compete, and I don't see that this year. You know, Youngstown, I think Youngstown could be a top three team. So, you know, who knows where everybody's going to be, and it's been a few years in our league since it's been like that. So, yeah, I think it's going to be an exciting year, and uh, maybe we can get the team to win the championship, get in the NCAA tournament, and win a couple games. That is our ultimate goal. Love that, Coach. That's what we're looking for. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, thank thank you very much, Coach, once again. And, um, yeah, like I said, good luck to you this upcoming season. I appreciate it. And you guys ever need anything, let me know. I'll do whatever you need. You bet. Thanks, Coach. Take care. All right. My pleasure. See you. So yeah, that was uh, that was Coach Campy. That was uh, what a great interview. I mean, this the last the, the this interview and the the one the one with Scott Garrett. I mean, it's like, I mean, just yeah, they, you know, they they you know just the, it, the the honesty and the candor was just just absolutely amazing. We what a, what a, and we appreciate it. Yeah, oh, I, I definitely appreciate it because it's so easy for people who are in the, the positions that they are. Yeah, for them to just. You know, to just kind of, you know, just build up a wall and, you know, do that whole, like, you know, that, 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 put up that face that you expect them to put up for journalists. But, you know, Greg Campy specifically is just always a guy who, who never really, Absolutely. you know, talks about, I, and I, I, I made sure when I was asking my questions that I didn't want to, you know, put, point out, I, I didn't want to bring up Javen Cumberland. I didn't want to bring up, no. you know, specific, specific transfers and he did it un, unprompted. <laughs> he was, I know. It's, he was, yeah, he was, that's he was absolute, very candid about it. And yeah, he was. That's absolutely. I think he brings, he brings up some pretty big points. I think it's very important for kids to, to, I mean, not that it's not like, it's not court, you know, where you're, you're, you're to face your accuser or something. It's, 
it's you have to you have to, you should face the people who have been stewards of your young lives because you should be able to yeah. You should you should be able to own up to the decisions that you're making, and you should also have a conversation with them because you owe it to them. Well, Co- Coach Campy talks about how you know, Coach Campy brings up that you know maybe the, the you know maybe the the schools who lose the transfers for, but should be con- compensated by the other schools, and I think that's all in well and good. But I think that those coaches should be compensated, but at least in the time for the kid to explain why they want to make that move, why yeah. they want to make that decision. I think that, and I, and it, it may not be comfortable for those kids, but it will be better for them growing as people in the long run. If they're able to own their, own their decisions and own their choices and be able to have a conversation with the people that care about them that have been stewards of their, you know, your, of their young lives and then, you know, move forward on that. So, that's amazing. Well, what's interesting? Well, and you know, and I, and maybe I'm kind of showing my ignorance a little bit, but I didn't realize that this the the I didn't I, I guess I didn't realize myself kind of how the how this tr- transfer portal kind of operates differently from you know the way it has previously. I'm kind of, I felt like I was kind of ignorant about that. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Hey, all they need to do is put their name in the hopper, and that's the ball game. I didn't realize that there was no. There, I, I there, didn't there know that was all they had to do. Yeah, I know. I didn't realize I, it either. I like, thought the school had to do that. Yeah, and I thought the school had. I, yeah, so I'm kind of blown away. I know that's that's crazy. That that yeah, that's that's a whole new wrinkle that I didn't even you know. And it's it's amazing that we're just hearing about it. I mean. I, and maybe we were just so wrapped up in our own stuff and <laughs> that we kind of missed this because it just has been coming up a lot more now. And there are the there are the occasional there are the occasional ones like um, in Wisconsin. Wisconsin didn't want that kid to transfer. Yeah. Um, yeah, they didn't want that kid to transfer. I think it was to Iowa. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. Literally one second. And he was the kid that wanted to transfer out of Wisconsin basketball. He wanted to transfer like Iowa was in Bohannon. I don't remember the kid's name. Trud. Well, they, and they got and then they got Ben Brust in the same way back to them later. Yeah, and that kid ended up. That kid did end up going to Iowa. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 it, it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on it completely as to what the kid was, but um, but yeah, uh, I mean, that, I'm sure if you've gotten to this, I, I see, sure I see the I transfer think... portal. Yeah. I see the transfer portal as something that was built to to for kids who you know, don't want to face their coaches that they can avoid that. And I think that there's a reason for it. But I also I also think that, you know, the kid should be able to make their decision. So a kid who wanted to, who went to Bull Ryan and said he wanted to transfer, that, not necessarily that that kid shouldn't be, you know, that kid shouldn't be allowed to transfer. But should, should, the kid should have been able to speak with Bull Ryan mm-hmm. and say, hey, I want to transfer. And even if Bull said, I don't think you should, you know, it, it turns away from, you know, the kid, now the kid, yeah, the kid still has to talk to him, but, you know, and Paul Ryan couldn't stop the kid from yeah. Jared Utah. Thank you very much. Yeah, Jared Utah was the kid that wanted to transfer. There you go. And ended up doing doing. The I knew he'd get Iowa, there eventually. But... <laughs> so yeah, yeah that, so... but it's crazy. Yeah, it's amazing that yeah, I, and and yeah, it, it's. I'm glad we had a coach Campy on for this because you know he's been he's been pretty vocal about the, the whole situation, regardless. So that's you know, what a good guy to yeah. get to talk about this because, you know, he's definitely, he got hit by it. <laughs> yeah. Like a ton of bricks with Braden Norris. So yeah. Well, that's I it. just wanted to thank everybody who took the time to listen. I know that college basketball isn't the, 
yeah. hottest thing at the in the in the middle to end of May. So yeah, I wanted to thank everybody for listening to it, and absolutely, you know, I hope you continue we'll listening take... to our podcast all off season. That's right. We are now in our off season schedule. We got next week we're in, we're on Memorial Day, and uh, probably you know enjoy the barbecues and all that stuff. And uh, we'll be back again sometime in June. We'll be back again sometime in June, probably the middle middle of June. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely have some things uh, in the in the hopper for that, so you definitely don't want to miss that. Um, but yo, know, hey, just as always. If uh, you know all episodes of the Horizon Roundtable are on HorizonRoundtable.com, yeah. uh, they're on all podcast uh, apps. Except, uh, I'm still having some issues with iHeartRadio. I think they're giving still giving me an attitude, so I'm still working on that, guys. Um, but yeah, Anchor Out FM. So subscribe, subscribe. That's the easiest way not to miss anything. Absolutely. Subscribe to the podcast, and I'll let you know when 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 the new one posts. You bet. Yes, absolutely, absolutely, and yes, and. Uh, and you know it's just as and it's just as easy as you know turning on your Amazon Echo device or Google Home device and yeah so um, Jimmy we're gonna have a good yeah I, I'm gonna enjoy my summer how about you? It sounds like oh, you're I'm enjoying it my right summer now, right man. now. <laughs> I'm, I'm right. in the middle. I'm at the end, tail end of my vacation, so I'm gonna get back to that. But thanks everybody for yep. for uh, listening, and we'll talk. We'll talk to you all next time.